hey kids, you uh, you trying to get into Segment City? Well, you really shouldn't, because Segment City is a mature podcast, and listener discretion is advised. I'm just trying to look at, I know I'm in an alleyway, I know, I know how I look, but I got some fireworks for you kids. I got snakes and I got sparklers, that's all I got. Oh, don't give me that. Uh, we have oh, a correction, some some uh, an amendment, or not an amendment, an, an addendum. addendum, an addendum to the story I told last week, I do believe, of the wedding I went to. Oh, okay, uh, all right. So you're let's with, start. with no preamble, you're going to reference <laughs> no the preamble. fact you're going to have to make people go back a and listen. Previous to that. episode, yeah, go back and listen. I, I went. You're you don't gate, need to necessarily know this, about this. You're gatekeeping this podcast no. right off the bat. No, no, you don't need to know that much about these people because it does add context to the the information I'm about to bestow upon you. Sure. Um, which I forgot to bestow at the end of the the wedding. <laughs> oh no! Story They've already been divorced. That, no, uh, arguably worse. Oh no! A friend a while back, I had forgotten about this. That my girlfriend had told me the story, and she was like, "Oh, by the way, like when we were driving home from the wedding, she's like, remember that story I told you? That was all weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was this these people." The couple that just got engaged. Oh, okay. which I I haven't said their name before on the in the wedding episode, so that's it's fine. Let it ride. Anonymous. Let it ride. Yeah. Um, that a friend was on Tinder, you know, the popular dating website, hookup and dating application. Saw the the new newlywed wife. Yes. On said application, even Yikes. though she's been in a relationship for years. Woof. Wasn't a cheating situation like you're expecting. Oh no, was looking for flip, a plus one. Flip. Flip then shows him last picture. They're looking for a plus oh, one. No. Oh no! <laughs> how do you how do you get to that point in your relationship where that's when, that's when, like you? I mean, they have been dating for forever, but I'm like, I imagine yeah. that is something you do in your mid forties. You're like, we need literally anything, <laughs> please. I like that. That is true. That they they just kind of jumped the gun uh, in terms of like. A, a middle age like big things are failing. If you're already there and you're in your twenties, that's that's a big oof. Um, <laughs> that's a red flag, to, ladies. But like, imagine pointing at somebody and them knowing that they're they're a honeypot. That she she was a trap. In the, <laughs> like to to oh, smuggle God. in this guy that in the laps, last episode I literally called <laughs> Shrek from not Shrek. Uh, oh, movie no. Shrek, book Shrek, which I do also want to clarify he's, in case he, anyone was the, confused. He's the covert M&Ms you're hiding in your pocket when you go into the movie theater. You want no one to know about them until yes. it's too, until you're in the act. Yes. Yeah. I, I would like to clarify my Shrek statement saying that uh, movie Shrek is, they like transform him into a handsome man. Handsome man Shrek. On the internet. Handsome Shrek. Yeah. They <laughs> barely change his like actual features. They just get rid of his little Give him a bigger ears. chin. Is, yeah, gave him a little, like shaped, photoshopped him, him a little bit. Yeah, but he his base features were the same. Handsome though. book Shrek <laughs> has a he has a cone head. He has a little ton of hair. He eats lightning, and he's just like the ugliest Jesus thing. Jesus Christ! The anyway, so I want to <laughs> statement for yeah. You you are right. This is a wild way to begin any episode <laughs> of Segment City, but that's how we do it here in Segment City. I am. 
I'm the guy who's just flipping through Tinder and saying, no, no, no. Will Kane. And I'm Theo Sapakos, and I'm still waiting for DreamWorks to give me that handsome transformation. <laughs> You're gonna become a handsome squid. You would, I think, you would go handsome Squidward more than I, squid- I think. I would go, <laughs> I would go handsome, handsome Shrek. Squidward. I need to go bald first. When I go bald, then I'll look for that handsome Squidward. Vibe. Oh my! Your hair's so nice, though. I know this is yeah. an audio medium, but you, you, you I, out of uh, the two of us, have better hair. I was talking to my girlfriend recently, and I was like, I really hope. I'm attached to my hair. I would like have an emotional breakdown. I think there'd be a moment of crisis if I, you know, get to that point where I see it coming coming out. I think I'm gonna have a similar thing. To my dad, where there's, I remember I, an ex girlfriend of mine. I we were hiking in with like some friends of mine, and they're assholes. And one of them was like, "You need to wear a hat because you're gonna burn your bald spot." And this guy was a, a said jerk. to you. So I was like, "Okay, yeah." He said it to me, but no, I was I like, "Okay, I whatever." Realize, I don't think you have a bald spot. I didn't see it. <laughs> no, I, 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 it's like a very faint like. You could probably look and see and see a is little bit. Is it just like scalp. the spot where like all your hair starts? Is it, bit, is it just like yeah. the the one point? Yeah, everybody has that. Yeah, all guys have that. My, but but then my girlfriend corroborated that by going, "Yeah, you got you don't want to burn your bald spot." And I was like, "I have a bald <laughs> spot." Cuz <'Cause> it's <laughs> like a different Oh no. The response from an asshole friend and your girlfriend you're just like, "Oh no." That's like that's that's like you you getting pantsed by the bully at school and then looking over to your best friend and your best friend is also laughing. Like <laughs> betrayal. Everyone knew he was a jerk. It was a betrayal. Betrayal. It was, it, it was Long story short, she was very uh, could be easily peer pressured. So I think she was trying to look cool. You know what? Not, it didn't work. It, just hurt it the didn't relationship. work. I uh, I feel feel less impressed by her now, knowing that. But you know what is impressive? All the segments we have. I didn't describe what this program as. We get the best content from the internet, from Wikipedia, from news sources. We bring them to you in good old segments, prepackaged. You don't have to do any packaging yourself. They're already they're already good for you. Yeah. And the shelf life on these sometimes good, sometimes not. You know? <laughs> sometimes good, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes not. they go rotten pretty fast. I'm going to this we're going to start with a will stupid thought. Sure. Um I have to say this is almost stealing a John Mulaney bit that doing nothing all day is is both wonderful and also makes me feel bad every single time. <laughs> To give myself a day, because I had a video game day this weekend, like a nice, it was like a decompress, like I'm not going to do anything. It was a planned out, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. And I still felt bad. I still had that little thing in my head that I was like, you could be doing stuff. Yeah. I know. It's not like I didn't do chores or whatever. My immediate reaction was why, but also I, I feel that voice very very loudly a lot of the time. I can sit inside, I can sit inside playing video games for under, say 40 minutes. And my brain is like, you fucking you should slime go. bag. You should. Like, <laughs> this is why I don't play, because I feel like, I don't know, there are certain, I play a lot of long corn games. I know that. Like, I'm still playing Elden Ring, but I'm at, towards the end, and there's just a boss that I'm, I'm like, need to just fight. Yeah. But it's, it's I'm like, it's going to be a couple hours of me fighting. I, I do probably, feel like, I, get I do feel like being able to sink tens, hours. tens, tens of hours into video games uh is a muscle that is atrophying for me like so, so oh, absolutely for example i like we talked i think at the end of the year about uh our games of the year and i talked about horizon forbidden west i think did that yeah. come out last year to come out this year? anyways i've talked yeah, about it, came, it, it and my and my basically my thing was like it's too long like i 
Yeah. I can't have time for this. <laughs> That's and most like, games. And I just started picking back up Cyberpunk because it's like, oh, everybody's talking about it. It's gotten all this fresh juice. It's it's actually running properly. The anime came out. Yeah. And I so I started playing it and I started looking at like the world and I started looking at all of the items that I was getting and I was like, this is this is too too much. I can't hold all of I can't be possibly expected to hold all of this in my brain. Now here's the question, because there was actually an article within the last year or two. That I remember that it was Dead Island 2 is going to have like 700 hours of content. Di- like dying it was light, one of dying those. Light, yeah. Dying Light 2. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, it, <laughs> and everyone was like, no, yeah, no, I don't want that. Yeah. I feel like there is a creep because games were not out of necessity. Like NES games yeah. are, you could beat them in an hour. That's yeah. an obvious limitation. Then we got bigger. Like Ocarina of Time, I feel like is 20 hours. I don't like 25 hours. Maybe. It's like an adventure, yeah. but it's still pretty compact. Games now, like for Horizon Forbidden West, if you wanted to do 100% all the copy paste quests, all of them, that would hundreds of hours. Yeah, it's a lot of time, and it is a Gigantic lot of time doing game. the stuff, the same stuff. Although, I will say, Ubisoft with the huge news that they're putting out two new Assassin's Creeds, one of which oh, yeah. is the full $70 <laughs> open world experience, and one is $50 and like 25 hours, and it's old style Assassin's Creed. That- and I am so fucking stoked! I am. So I'm so much exciting. more interested in that. Yeah, I am super, super on board with that. I don't have... I'm getting to the point now where money is not the problem. Yep. It's... Because I don't really... We don't go out much. We don't do... It's, right. time. it's time. It's all time because I have other activities. I have other hobbies that are probably more prominent now than right. <laughs> gaming, even though I, I enjoy gaming and I'll do it a lot. But like even getting into a new game, I'm like, I have to pick up a guide because there's a, a 4X game, which is like Civ, like a Civ game, but it was in space. Yep. And those games are endlessly complex. Yep. And it's like you can do so much in them, but it takes so long to learn that I'm like, Ugh. so many systems. Here's the question that I'm going to we're going to end this segment on is where do you think that the inflation of game time is coming from? Do you think it's like the power user gamers that are like give us more we want more or is it people like other development studios trying to outdo each other uh, i think i think we're actually shrinking in terms of like the market demanding bigger and bigger games i i think we've already because it's, it's over we've already we've already hit the inflection point and so i yeah. think that developers i think are coming to the f- terms with like the core experience needs to be around 50 hours and the larger experience can scale. Like, I know, and I I would agree that that is too long. But I think that's what the market is is pointing towards. Like I I probably I, think that I'm on the side that has less patience for, you know, bulk quests that are copy pasted. Some people like that. Yeah, it could be relaxing to do games like that. Like that's how Far Cry has <laughs> been. Yeah. You re- re- for me where I'm like, okay, turn on a podcast. Oh, somebody is like cutscene. I'll turn it off for a second or turn it right, down. Just check in. But it's for me, I don't know, maybe it, it, it's because we're getting older and games are always going to be or not always going to be, but like tend to be in the like teenage up to, I don't know, 40 range where we're, we're st- I mean, we are spec dab in the middle, 18, but we are 35. getting older. <laughs> yeah, we, we're kind of like we've already been through years of gaming. Yeah. So maybe we're just I don't know. <laughs> this is I want smaller games. I want smaller games that are, are, but not too small. I don't know. It's a weird balancing yeah. act. Small is good. I, I think Elden Ring has taught me that I just like games that have like little sandboxes within it because there are zones in 
mm-hmm. Elden Ring that you go, this is the water zone. This is the fire zone. This is, like, I kind of yeah. like yeah. when it's like kind of chunked up and you're like, yeah. oh, you're in that part of the game. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's cool. 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 Like it's logically I, I like, separate from other pieces. It's not all connected, intertwined world where everything is supposed to lead to everything else. Yeah, it's yeah. It, but you can like go back also and you build like it's an easier way to go through. So anyway, <laughs> as opposed to like the, the big map that you unlock things. But anyway, let's go on and unlock your next segment. Unlock our first segment of this podcast. We're going over to PR Newswire for this one. We've got a hot, steamy incoming release from PepsiCo, the Pepsi Corporation. <laughs> this is in the food news. Known for their hot, for the, for their steamy, hot steamy Hot, steamy deliveries. Pepsi delivers the ultimate s'mores hack with new limited batch of (laughs) s'mores-inspired flavors, giving fans a chance to mix, match, and drink their favorite treat. What? You know what I really don't like is the fact that the food industry started using the word hack to describe just (laughs) foods and sometimes just bad food foods. As a programmer, I'm offended. It's, I can't believe that they would it's, it's not a hack. <laughs> misuse the terms. It's a corporate. It's <laughs> you know the hack is, is. It's it's when you're in the soda aisle, looking to your left and seeing that they're selling a new product and pro- deciding to purchase it. That's what they're qualifying as a hack. The the it's like your grandma's Facebook account being hacked, and she's like, "I have no idea how it <laughs> happened." You're like, "Your password is on right there. I can see it." <laughs> Your, your password is Nana Rocks one two three. Then I can't they, believe they this. hacked it. They went through and they did this the Chinese Mr. robot. <laughs> like okay, they, Grandma, it's a little xenophobic, but uh, okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it must have been Putin himself. Oh no! He wants to know all of Deborah's hot goss. All right, here we go with the article. Once a typical, once a treat typically confined to summer campfires, s'mores have become a cultural phenomenon. <laughs> With the sweet taste <laughs> Uncontained. of... Uncontained. This is the direct newswire, so we're getting the full marketing spin. With the yeah. sweet taste of gooey marshmallows and rich layers of decadent yeah. chocolate, all placed Ooh. in between crunchy graham crackers, Americans can't get enough of the indulgent Crisp. treat. Yes, it's more. It's more. <laughs> so, much so, it so much so that the demand for the classic dessert has cemented s'mores as the top tr- food trend of 2021. And there's a citation on that. Let's just scroll down to that. See what <laughs> I was they're about citing. To say, is that is that a Gallup poll or like it's where, a link, where are they getting that? It's a link to the National Confectioners Association, and you can trust a bunch of. <laughs> I do imagine a bunch of fancy chefs being like, "It is what a newswire being now? like, being like, they, oh, the top candy and snack trends." I, I guess they can make s'mores themselves when useless. <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> All right. Okay. You're talking about nasty ass. How is this? Is it individual flavors? We're going to get there. You're going to get, get into there. It. Yeah. For those I'm, who I'm, refuse to miss an opportunity to satisfy their s'mores cravings, Pepsi is launching the Pepsi S'mores collection on the last day of summer. Now fans can enjoy their favorite DIY dessert anytime, even when the summer ends. The Pepsi S'mores collection features three distinct flavors, all packed into individual seven and a half ounce Pepsi mini cans to encourage Ugh. mixing and matching your way to the perfect combo served in a cold glass. Here are the three flavors. Ugh. Toasty Marshmallow. This is an entirely okay. new Pepsi concoction, taking a marshmallow base with layers of toasted notes to mimic a light fireside flavor. All right. So they this added is- <laughs> a little bit of liquid smoke to their... Hey, guys, what? marshmallows are already just sugar, and you already had that in your Pepsi. I don't know how to, oh, I don't is... know how to break this to you, but if you <laughs> serve me sugar and a marshmallow, the only way I'd know the difference was because I could chew one, and I had to sort of 
dip my tongue into the other. That's the only Absolutely. way I know. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. Doing a sugary thing as they literally did peeps, which <laughs> are marshmallows. The other peepsies. We, I was just go I was back a, to a, we had an episode about it. Go back to the I was, I was episode. Trying to, trying to be like find a comparison where it's like we replaced salt with I, I just can't come up with a comparable. You replace sugar with sugar. This these mini cans are really just the container of the devil. It seems <laughs> the, that it seems to only be trying to smuggle in the worst thing of all. Diabetes. <laughs> Diabetes. The next flavor, graham cracker, is infused with notes of honey and cinnamon <laughs> to achieve a perfect balanced graham cracker flavor profile. I'm not gonna lie to you. I would fuck around with this one. It's cinnamon. Honey. And it's honey. Honey, this is this just tastes like a beer. I'm confused. I don't. <laughs> if they took, understand. you know what I would even prefer if they just took the Pepsi out and they served me a cinnamon and honey soda. That sounds really nice. Cinnamon, yeah, actually, that sounds really now good. That you mention it, sounds good. I I would trust a a graham cracker beer now that I'm yeah, thinking about like 100%. some indie that would be great. Some dude with a big old beard is absolutely like, and then you got to really get the the fine notes. I can tell that that guy's been really looking into it he's been researching things <laughs> he's pepsi got pieces he's got like, p- pieces of graham cracker all in his beard it's yeah. all in there in pepsi they're like listen a bunch of cockroaches got into the the graham cracker solution they're like well we could just throw them in it'll add protein like <laughs> it'll be a protein shake now like that it's the oh, yeah and, and finally the last flavor chocolate contains yeah, dominant but- notes of cocoa throughout with slight hints of vanilla to create extra creamy sweetness mimicking a slight melted chocolate flavor I, I don't honey, fuck with this. I don't. That sounds gross. Honey, they carbonated it. <laughs> they carbonated it. Because that's almost chocolate milk. That's like, it's watery chocolate milk. Pepsi and S'mores fan alike must act quickly to be one of 2,000 lucky winners. Starting today, <laughs> fans can share an image or description of how they how they s'more on Instagram or Twitter with the hashtags Pepsi S'mores and Sweepstakes and follow at Pepsi for a chance to win the set of limited edition Pepsi S'mores collection. Wait. Hold on a second. Literally two paragraphs ago, they say, for those who refuse to miss an opportunity, Pepsi's launching. Okay, they really made it sound like this was like, Americans can't get enough of the indulgent treat, so we're going to give all of America what they want. Fine, fine. They're knocking down the doors (laughs) for all these s'mores. I didn't mean to rhyme, but I'm the Pepsi king. I'm Pepsi king Pepsi. My my kingdom is growing into the campfires. (laughs) And and so am I as I drink all these s'more Pepsis. Quote, s'mores is one of the most unapologetically delicious treats that (laughs) everyone likes to enjoy in a different way. Don't so, you try to make me apologize. I'm, I'm, <laughs> listen, this is a, a Castle Doctrine state. Don't you make me shoot you. So on the last day of summer, we at Pepsi are thrilled to introduce an entirely new way to some more with our Pepsi S'mores collection, said top Todd Kaplan, uh, chief marketing officer for the devil, a.k.a. Pepsi. Uh, this newest <laughs> drop allows fans to construct their own s'mores to their liking with the perfect amounts of graham, marshmallow, and chocolate no. in a deliciously indulgent drink without any of the mess until your five-year-old dumps the can of Pepsi all yeah. over your fucking couch. <laughs> what are you talking about, Todd? It's sticky. You can't it's claim actually that it's harder to it's clean. actually harder. It stains. I can wipe oh. some more pretty easily out of my clothes. Your goddamn and, soda, I can't. And can I just say that... It is a fundamental. It is. It is almost worrying the fact that they don't. They are doing some kind of mad science chemistry and don't know that 
solids and liquids are different. <laughs> if I have a graham cracker and I got a chocolate and I got, those are all separate and I smush them together and they get all gooey and it's great. If I pour some liquid together, it turns brown like dog shit or black. It just like you want me, it tastes exactly like one part cracker, one part. It's, it's like Wonka did it. It's wonderful. <laughs> Tom wandered down the to the, chemi- the chemistry it's department. It's not going to taste good. Pepsi and was like, all right, guys, for the next one, s'mores. And they're like, yeah, we can do all of the s'mores flavor in one can. And he said, no, no individual individual and then they and then (laughs) then we can't do oh and i'm out goodbye in case there's more fans who want two part graham crackers (laughs) to one part marshmallow and they want just a little bit of chocolate because they're on a die they literally in in the next section they introduce four different recipes you can make by combining these different flavors here we go this is not how soda works soda is supposed to be low effort number one the yeah it's supposed to be without any of the mess but i guarantee it's not (laughs) literally like a mad scientist, like, and then one part of the chocolate concoction. Wonderful. Number one, the classic. Everyone's favorite for a reason. Perfectly balanced, all, as all things should be. What are you fucking <laughs> Thanos? Thanos! <laughs> Thanos! Holy shit, the guy who killed half the galaxy. Jesus Christ. Start with a cold glass. Add one third graham cracker, one third chocolate, and one third toasty marshmallow. Hey, Todd. Bold of you to assume your fans and customers can do math. Very bold there, Todd. <laughs> Yeah. Did you ever hear about the story that uh, McDonald's tried to put out a bigger burger one time? Oh, yeah, they did. A third pounder, right? Yeah, a quarter pounder, and they made it a third pounder, and people didn't understand that was more meat to blame. (laughs) So, yeah, people don't understand basic fractions. Literally, the other recipes are just like one third of this, one half of this, one quarter of this, one whatever. whatever. It's just different. That's that's loosey-goosey. It's just loosey-goosey. So, anyways... If you want to <laughs> keep your summer going with a sweet, sweet Pepsi, go. Uh, I guess you have to be one of two thousand lucky individuals. The the boldness, the brashness, yeah. of of putting out recipes for a drink that nobody can functionally other than two hundred <laughs> people is also that they put enough brain power <laughs> into two hundred people when they are destroying the earth. Like with the rest, where they're like, like the rest <laughs> of the people know these two hundred people. They're gonna also be on Jeff Bezos' spa- spaceship. That's also a little contest we're doing. <laughs> That's like uh, on the back of the baked beans can. They're always like, "Here's a recipe you can try for making sweet bean <laughs> for- chili." And it like oh. lists a bun of, bunch of ingredients, and then it's like one canned bushes baked beans. This, but this one's like we hold all the ingredients. <laughs> you cannot acquire any of these without being a lucky capitalist winner. <laughs> it is literally Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. It, it like, is if lucky that was, you drink this soda that is made of sugar, and it tastes like sugar. I think they this should send crazy. full six packs of single flavors to people and force them to trade with each other. Create an economy. Here, Ooh, cowards. Okay, that you know what? That creates some like Pokémon. It's go. like Pokémon. Collect them and all. You know what? Taste the exclusive taste of having two friends who also are r- lucky winners. And to quote Hillary Clinton, Pokémon go to the polls. <laughs> the most <laughs> embarrassing thing that any politician Pokemon has ever done. Go to and the you know polls. what? Oh, Jesus. Pepsi, I think, would go <laughs> level to Pokemon Go get some s'mores. Oh, crap. Well, maybe we can Rhyme Pokemon Go to your next segment. Oh, we are. We are. Now, Theo, I have I have a shorter Wikipedia story and then kind of a bigger thing. And they, they are kind of opposites in a way. Oh. The, this tell. first segment is uh, supposed to be about real people, uh, but it's actually built upon <laughs> lies. Okay. 
And the other segment, just to kind of foreshadow, is about very truthful people pursuing a lie. Okay. So this is a Wikipedia historian about a television reality show called Black, period, White, period. So Black, White. Black, White was a highly controversial reality television show on FX. Why? Okay, here's the first question. What do you think that this is about? I hope it's not like black people and white people. Is it? (laughs) <laughs> oh no you're making noises yeah! that make me uncomfortable oh no mm, will don't series. do this fx please oh, don't do this to me and will please don't do this to me ready ready for this premiered on march 8th 2006 okay we're past 2000 we're, we're into we're, the new we're, millennium listen, we're two years we're, away from the obama administration here all right i don't know if if <laughs> <laughs> like modern family is on the if we're just like if we've gotten over the terrible 2000s hump i don't think so because it's 2006 and supposedly this is the concept of the show documented two voluntary families of three one white and the other black in which through studio quality makeup the two families would give off a facade appearance oh, no. of portraying portraying a race that isn't their own oh, for no. social experiment purposes. Oh, no. So that's that is a nice <laughs> is like bad. clinical way of saying they put white actors in blackface and, and white, black, black actors, actors into whiteface. So I just imagine that the um <laughs> the the hiring interviews they had for their makeup artists. So tell us about some of the experience you've had putting on blackface. <laughs> like, oh, I was God. In, uh, literally, I I hope to God that they got the guys who did White Girls, the movie oh that had God. like Terry. I think Terry Crews is in it. I don't think he was one of the. It was like cops who did were white women, like, oh, and that was awful. But this is even yeah. So hopefully it was like one person was like, I fucked up my career. Listen, this is how I made my career. And maybe it's they awful. maybe they got the guy that did uh, Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder. <laughs> yeah okay that was, well that was this, i'm pretty sure that this was a little bit more i don't know how much i get a that is that is part of the the article i think i forget um this has executive producers by the way this is the only one that is of note executive producer ice cube okay so that's he's on there not ice tea he's on ice there cube. <laughs> ice cube despite the show giving off the impression impression all of the families were genuine only the African American Sparks family were an actual family. Wait, the Caucasian, what? the <laughs> what? Ca- Caucasian Wurgle family were not a legitimate family. And hey, were you should all have known actors. from day one that if their last name was Wurgle, it's fucking <laughs> fake. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's when your name is looks like a, a Tokyo name. We're like if you the would Wurgles, be in the- we go to school. We like to work and we have a pool. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice version. There's also the Wurgles have come from the sky and they breathe oh, fire no. <laughs> the Shire. <laughs> the Wurgles are here. Jag actor Bruno Marco Tulli portrays the father. Bruno Wurgle. So they did they <laughs> they just were like, okay, you're now a different last name. Uh, Monte- Marco Tulli's then girlfriend, casting director Carmen Wurgle, who confusingly retained her actual surname for the program, uh, and o- was also the basis of the illegitimate family surname for the program, portrays the mother, Carmen Wurgle. But she changes her, her first name. Oh, no, no, she doesn't change her name at all. Oh, she's the only so, one. Okay, so her yeah, name is. Yeah, that was real. the okay, little okay. like, thing that. Uh, but she's still an actor. It's wild that she's the casting director. Oh, my God. Also. 
So she is still in using her name. She's like, I'm actually Wurgle. Like she's the only, really why would you weird. do that? Why is she do- really uh, weird? For thi- not for this. Not for black white. Don't put your actual <laughs> name on this. Not on this. Wurgle, no. Uh, Disney Channel actress Rose Bloomfeld, most commonly seen in the Disney Channel movie Surfers segment, where Disney Channel <laughs> Disney Channel personalities go go behind the scenes during film production. So she was just like a, a Disney just, Channel uh, actress. Okay, yeah. The fact that nobody like clocked that is weird. That it's like, were you in a different thing? Um, in which she had never met or knew Marto, uh, Marco Tulli or Wurgle before the production portrays the daughter Rose Wurgle. The show was produced and created by Ice Cube and R.G. Cutler. The series theme song was Race Card, performed by Ice Cube. Oh, no. I I said Ice-T. I said Ice-T. I meant Ice Cube for the... It wasn't Ice-T. Ice Cube, Cube. why? Why Ice Cube? Why are you doing this? (laughs) The series ran for five weeks, ending with a double episode finale. So this is one season, thankfully. Didn't get re-upped, huh, there, Cube? Yeah. Do you want to hear about the episodes first or the reception first? Definitely episodes. I need to, I need to know what happens. I need, I have a hunger for knowledge. Please. This is this is um they're very like sparse because it's Wikipedia and they don't offer usually a sure. lot on the episodes. The first episode just is basically the the concept um of two families, one black, one white, come together under one roof. Oh, that's actually another one thing. One roof. <laughs> come they're together under house? one roof in Los Angeles as they prepare to go out into the world as the other race. The work girls portrayed white middle-class suburbanites <laughs> from Santa Monica, California. The Sparkses, Brian, Renee, and son Nick, are a middle, a black middle-class family from Atlanta, Georgia. Brian gains access to white culture when he lands a job as a bartender while in white makeup. <laughs> That's a really weird way to phrase that. Gains access to white culture? Is that what it said? Gains access to white culture. (laughs) That's super weird. It's so weird. It doesn't get better. I'm going to say it doesn't get better. Uh, Episode two, a bitter argument erupts between Renee and Carmen over the use of racially charged language. That racially charged language is when Carmen calls Renee a bitch. I I love that they are like, let's just say this in the Wikipedia article. Oh, God. Rose is torn over revealing her true color to her new friends in the poetry group are maintaining her cover for the sake of the project. For the sake of the project, like, this has any kind of worthwhile, like, scientific... You think the people at the poetry group uh, weren't looking at the cameras that were filming her, like, I wonder what's going on. <laughs> That's always my favorite part about, like, documentaries and stuff, is people are like, there's a camera here, there's I a know camera you're right fo- like, there's a thing happening. There's someone touching uh, up her makeup on the scene. Ugh. Episode three, the Wurgles and Sparks lock horns over language and behavior. It turns out, the, oh, man, this show about race is really getting into racist <laughs> stuff. That, I can't believe it. Um, as the friction builds between Carmen, Carmen and Renee, Carmen turns to an outsider for an in, insight into the black experience. Brune and Carmen encounter hostility in an all-white country western barn, and Nick's fascination with the gangster hip-hop lifestyle raises concerns for Brian and Renee. <laughs> Oh Christ! Oh my God! This is raises concerns. This is so many. There's so many different like layers. This is it's. Oh, I want to once again say this is an actual like black family that I think thinks the other family is an actual. It's an actual white family. It is not. They are. They are paid actors. They are not. They were actors. That's why this is extra crazy. Like that's crazy because if there's any any drama, it's it's only. Manufactured. It's only only manufactured to get a reaction out of the real people, right? Like, yeah, it. But yeah, that's 
that's an element of like, are they telling them to have conflict about? Because that's, really that's weird. Like, that's really kind of because it would be weird. different. Like, they, they, were they pushed by producers to go into uh, into a bar and get harassed? Like that. Ugh, that's rough. Uh, episode four, emotions run high. Every episode has emotions have ran high. <laughs> episode um, four, totally normal. <laughs> Everyone gets along and has a nice conversation. <laughs> like they all sit down there. and have a nice meatball dinner with each other. They actually like <laughs> talk about things. And they agree that they work the it out. Is corrupt. Yeah. Like it's it's fucked. It's great. Uh, after experiencing racism for the first time, Carmen becomes disheartened with Bruno's obstinate views and expresses serious concerns about their future together. By the way, these these are not. These, these are, are actors. actors. These are actors. Um, these are all actors, except for the Rose, except for the people who are not. Rose struggles to fit in with her black friends. When Nick states he doesn't mind his etiquette classmates using a racial epitaph in his presence, Brian and Renee take steps to educate Nick about his cultural roots and why he should take offense to the word. Wait, <laughs> this is so wild. Okay, hold yeah. on. So a yeah. paid, a paid <laughs> actor. A moment, yeah. Hold on, I need to re. I need to recap it here. A paid yeah. an actor who is white who is paid. Who has been dressed up as a black person? Yeah, expresses to other non-black people that they are okay if they use basically a racial no. slur in their presence. Nick, am is I getting this the, right? Uh, Nick is the black. The this is the language gets weird here. <laughs> is the black son who's pretending to be white? Okay, so they were. He was in an etiquette class, by the way. The whitest thing you can do. They did find the highest thing these people could do. Um, and they they were, they said some racial epitaph, maybe the N-word, they don't say in this thing. And then he is like, you know what? I just kind of let it slide. And they're like, yikes. Um, episode five, tensions grow as the family struggles to find common ground. Rose develops a crush on a friend from poetry class. This is the actor. Um, Renee develops a new friendship with a Catholic mother that transcends race, and Bruno and Brian reach an impasse over their different interpretations of racism. Yeah, of course, this, oh, that's a bad, you know what, I think um, white people don't really get <laughs> You don't to get to really have an interpretation of racism. If you're told that something feels racist, you kind of. You're kind of on the racist show. You are, yeah. <laughs> literally, the entire point of the show is to show you that. Also, like, you're, an actor. You're, an, you're actor. an actor. You're an actor. You're an actor. You're not supposed. Uh, episode Jesus six. Christ. I do love that they don't name the episodes. I'm so happy that they don't. That it's not Thank just God. like rents and tensions rise again. Um, both families share profound impact. The six week project has had on their lives. I mean, the real family probably. Maybe it did affect the actors. This this I don't feels know. like a Nathan Fielder project. I just this I just <laughs> have to put this out there. It really does. It would be too much for Nate. I don't. Think it is. It's actually it. too far. Like he has he has far. few limits. This feels like it would be too far. Uh, Maybe Rose not though. For her final performance before a live audience at the Slam Poetry event, Nick spends the day with an ex gang member, Kenny G. Renee. Excuse me. What? Or Kenny G. His name's Kenny G. Gang member Kenny G. Like the internet guy. Spends the day with an ex-gang gang member Kenny G. That also feels weird and maybe a little bit racist by having the black kid pretending to be a white kid go and talk to the, the gang member. Oh, I'm thinking of Kevin, Kenny G like the soprano or the alto sax yeah, player. He's, he, yeah, he plays <laughs> clarinet and stuff. <laughs> that's Kenny G. Imagine that's, that's, I, that's, that's I, the Kenny yeah. G they're talking about. Kenny G's like, before I was the sexy man, <laughs> before I whispered lonely, I was just just a man in a gang. 
I was That's just great, whispering, KDG. just whispering to my Glock, and then I decided to whisper just by myself. Anyway, what did you want to talk about? Well, it's kind of a very long story. <laughs> I'm pretend I'm on a reality show. I should probably say, and I'm pretending to be white, and I was in an etiquette class, and Kenny G's like, I once, I'm so what sorry, is that? I have to leave. I have to leave. <laughs> I have to leave now. Uh, Renee and Carmen make amends, and Brian Bruno agree to disagree. What? <laughs> about racism that's not you know what that's i'm gonna say racism's a little bit cut and dry i think we do have a term for people who disagree on the concept of race that they are racist <laughs> yeah <laughs> right we already have a term for people who agree to disagree on race it is like Ku Klux, you were probably in the Ku Klux Klan if you oh, no. di- agree to disagree uh, but Br- but brian goes out with a bang by calling bruno a racist so good on you brian for calling <laughs> you know oh, what god if uh, I think that they probably were like, the po- <laughs> they probably scheduled the show and they're like, we're going to give you money to make enough episodes until someone calls another person racist. And then the show has to end. And that's yeah. why as far as I got, they got six episodes in and that had to be right. it. And that that was the conclusion, by the way. <laughs> like, is the, the fact that the experiment failed. <laughs> this man well, was still what like, was the, you know, hey, what I okay. mean, j- to have an experiment, you have to have a hypothesis that you're testing. What was the hypothesis that Ice Cube was trying to prove <laughs> and oh. deny here? <laughs> he was really Where's the scientific method, Ice Cube? Songs. I, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to look at my own songs. And you know what? I think I, think I could come up with a conclusion <laughs> to oh whether gosh. it's bad to be black in America. The answer is yes, that it's different. Jesus. Uh, the, the, I do love that there's an awards and nominations portion of this. Uh, they, they got an Emmy for Outstanding Makeup for a series. Okay. So they got that. At least they got that going for them. Yeah. Imagine going um, to the award ceremony, everyone knowing that you were a part of that project. Yeah. Let's let's take a look at the reception real quick. Okay. The show received mixed responses. Melanie McFarland of the Seattle Post-Intelligencer. That's a bad name for it. Post-Intelligencer. Uh, okay. Stated, quote, no matter what conclusion you may come to after watching FX's six-episode reality series, Black White, you should be grateful for the care producers R.J. Cutler and David uh, Maldonado took in executing it. So they said, this could basically, this could have been more racist. Huh. Uh, Matt Roosh of TV Guide wrote, far from a cheap reality stunt, FX's provocative documentary series, Black White, is an endlessly curious and unexpectedly intelligent social experiment. Oh, so these are all just like pretty good reception. These are this is good. There's a section that is criticism. That is okay. Um, Charles Page of the Chicago Tribune said, compared to its obvious inspiration, Black Like Me, it is easy to knock Black White. The new reality TV experiment on race relations on FX, and many people do. Maybe it is, or maybe it's a rare injection of substance into TV's usual nonsense. So this guy was like, maybe they're trying to do something. Yeah. The show also received criticisms from major media outlets. Robert Bianco of US Today said, quote, the show is being sold on the race switch trick, but tonight's premiere is built around a far more mundane stunt, putting people you know, uh, you, people you know won't get along into close quarter situation designed to exasperate in inevitable conflicts. So basically saying, if you put a racist with, <laughs> with a person right. of a different race, it's going to lead to conflict. Um, if there, uh, yeah. Uh, if you think there are any chances that the two men, Brian and Bruno, weren't cast specifically to clash, or that the producers aren't playing up every conflict, you've never seen a reality TV show. 
Black-white is based on two false premises, one more pernicious than the other, that you can understand someone of a different race simply by putting on makeup and that you need the kind of understanding in order to treat people as as the law and morality require. So that is, I, I, I do think that is a good point that it is, comes from a distinct lack of empathy. Yeah, right. For these people, not, because it feels like those, those hacky, what if everybody was gay and you were ostracized for mm-hmm. being straight? Like having to pound the message in of like, right. listen, you dipshit, you couldn't even like relate on a personal human level. Yeah. So we have to make this about you. Um, but Lee Siegel of the New Republic commented, black, white is not a provocative study on secret prejudice, followed by growth and awakening. It's a reinforcement of the stereotypes the show claims it wants to examine and expose. And I do believe uh, that is the the thing we'll end on because that is exactly what it is about. Also, are you okay? You're having a strobe effect. I, I think it's just my camera. I was noticing that too. It's not flashing in my room. Oh, it's <laughs> for, for we are on a video call and it is flashing like periodically. So it looks, yeah, it looks like you're like in a I'm bad horror movie. In a club. Oh, and now it's over. There we go. We're good. Um, but anyway, let's go on to your next segment. All right. Well, finally, we can get out of the black and white and we can move down into the dark no. where there are no colors. You can't see no. anything down here. Well, no. time to no. wake up. It's time. Oh. I always blow out my mic with this segment. I'm going to try to lean back a little bit. Oh, thank God. You You know what? I'm actually happy this time. They had me on a reality TV show and you don't even want to know what it was about. You, you get to take a little sojourn here and see my wares, and then you have to get back on the show. You have to get no. back on the trend. <laughs> Who are you, producer? <laughs> oh, man. Well, for you, I've got three selections for you this week, William. Okay. First one up. Here we go. Fairy birthday card, birthday wishes card, card for a sister, <laughs> taxidermied mouse. There's your Whoa. title. <laughs> For a sister. Okay, so I do have to like be quiet and focus, I've noticed on this because the names are wild and this one is crazy <laughs> because it doesn't even start with taxidermy. It wait it kind of <laughs> waits for a second and tricks you with the birthday card. Birthday card good for girl, good for girl because it's a rat. It's a big rat and it's got a birthday card, I presume. This one is a card that reads on the front with a picture of a dead taxidermy mouse that says Scary fairy sends you birthday wishes. <laughs> so, okay, that's you know what? If I received that, I would probably die of a heart attack. <laughs> and the description reads: Nothing says happy birthday like a small, terrifying mouse. <laughs> happy birthday! You. I'd, I'd <laughs> like you to. Fears. I'd like to question that assertion. She's harmless, really, and he just wants to send her good wishes on the big day. Suitable for children and big children alike. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back on that one. That's uh, for big children. Those are called teenagers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you they're, they're not just big children. Um, that's, this is, this is mistranslated, right? This is, what kind of Russian market from dead mice? She's beautiful on the inside. Let this <laughs> lovely soul sprinkle your, the birthday with fairy Jeez. dust and cast a spell for the wonderful day. The it's mo- full of sawdust. <laughs> it's explicitly full of a different nastier dust. The models and the cards have been prepared by myself. All have been found along life's way. No one has had to die for their art. I have come oh, to God. love each one as they evolve into their new persona. The carve is left blank inside for your own personal message slash wish slash spell. A single five by seven gloss coated greetings card includes a blank envelope suitable for absolutely everyone. Fairies rule. Wait, so 
so let me get the what is the so the mouse is just a mouse or is it holding the card this one is actually just a birthday card with a picture oh of a dead God. mouse on it. <laughs> okay, so you were just trying to fuck with me. <laughs> oh, I will admit that until reading this more closely, I did not realize that this was the case for this segment. Did I do my <laughs> reasons properly? Probably not. <laughs> no, that's pretty off. The price uh, may have tipped me off before, but I didn't see it. Yeah, that would $12 or like, eh, probably more than that if it's custom. Although this is a bad card. Why would you go like get this all card? You don't want to receive a picture of a dead mouse for your birthday? I could go to CVS and get like a random, it's like a You could have gone a, and drawn a, a picture of an alive mouse just as yeah. easily. It, but it, but getting a dog that's like blowing out candles with those farts like you get that and you give it to your sister and you think <laughs> this is blasphemous this is the perfect card for every occasion now tell me how much you <laughs> okay. would pay for it okay i would i'm 15 seems like it's probably going to be the price this one will cost you 3.99 great british pounds but it's <laughs> gonna cost you 17 pounds to ship it to yourself so, so that's, you know what? I'm going to just take a nasty screenshot and put that on. I'm going to Photoshop it on. Take a there big dookie screenshot of it. Next up. That's fair. We have yep. stripper mouse pole burlesque show taxidermy oddities curiosities decor. But, 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 I hope nobody kills me mid dance. <laughs> that would be embarrassing. Hey, boys, they just froze put me a some time. dollars in my belt, but don't kill me. Isn't this sexy? Isn't death sexy? I'm just making serial killers. <laughs> there we go. Description reads, sit back, relax, and pull out some <laughs> sweaty dollar bills because Josie is taking the stage and she knows what she's doing. She's got a little thong, some nipple covers, a fascinator, and oh. nothing else. Scandalous. Toss okay. out enough dollars and you can take her home tonight. Approximately six inch by three and a half inch by four inch. Species it, mus musculus. Here's a question, because I think mice probably have more than two nipples like humans. Like they probably have the same like dogs have multiple nipples. Do they have tassels on every single <laughs> set of nipples? Or <laughs> just just the two tassels on this one, and they're not correctly placed over the nipples. Okay, that's <laughs> great. That's great. You know what? I'm I'm glad that this is also just a risque mouse. This is a very risque mouse. She has quite, quite, quite the crotch piece on her thong. It's quite large. <laughs> okay, it's this got... is. Where have we gone? You know what? Where have we gone wrong? Minute. Where have we gone wrong? I'm just gonna take a minute. You know, I just wanted to. Do it, um, well, you're gonna have to buy it one myself. way or another. So you're gonna have to pony up some cash for this one. Certainly, it's worth a little bit of money. Listen, you are rushing me. You told me to sit back and relax. I tried to. It is wet down here. The back of Sit my back seat is really wet. But, but not too much because this is, in fact, an auction and we have to move along. This is why my money is sweaty. It's because I'm sweating. <laughs> you're, you're rushing me. Oh, man. I'm going to say that for uh, this seems fancier. I'm going to say based on every time you make fun of me, no matter the answer. This one has jewels and diamonds. 250. And that's diamonds. Rhinestones. $170. You know, you're within, <laughs> you're, you're within the right ballpark. I'll give you this yeah. one. Yeah. That's pretty okay, good. Okay. This is pretty good. This, but the, you do, I do love that you're like jewels. I didn't say if they were plastic or not. No, they're absolutely rhinestone. <laughs> yeah. All right. Our final selection up today. Are you ready? We've got... 
real cowboy mouse taxidermy auditories curiosities chicken deco- decor collectible Ch- chicken decor so am i to assume that this is a chicken or is this another mouse i didn't hear the word this mouse. is in fact a taxidermy mouse wearing a cowboy's oh, hat right on top of a plastic chicken <laughs> it's not even another taxidermy one no it is not they oh. could be bothered to taxidermy the mouse but not the chicken Mm-hmm. I'm. This is so. This is just a cowboy little. <laughs> Yeehaw! Get along, little chicky. Oh man! Can I just guess the price? Can we just? <laughs> you want to skip the description? How can you skip the description? Yeah, yeah. This is a real taxidermy mouse fine, on a wooden fine. and metal rooster. It's a redneck oh. <laughs> roundup. You ever seen a mouse riding a chicken? Well, now That's you have. Quality. Rat Fink, the lonesome cowboy, has rings in his hands, his best cowboy hat, and a red bandana, and a lasso in the other hand. He's also is he also is sporting his gun and a pair of spurs are hanging just on just in case he needs them. This is approximately ten inch by six inch by three inch and is perfect for a western themed room or any collection. Hey there, cowboy. It's me, Rat Fink. It's Rat Fink. Rat Fink, the little cowboy and i wanted to ask you fine people have you ever seen one piece (laughs) (laughs) you guys know about homestuck how's it going i'm rat fink and ladies i will be staying in the barn in the back um i've got my banana and my molasso i am covered in the stench of taxidermy and yet they couldn't even get a chicken for this so what am Formaldehyde I, is my game, and for <laughs> and lassos are my name. I did that I, wrong. Fuck. I will say that this uh, does deteriorate in value because they didn't taxidermy chicken, which I think is the probably the easiest uh, animal to kill and gain the body of. Is that incorrect? How oh, could you? How dare you assume how easy or difficult killing an animal is? You don't know I, anything. <laughs> I eat chicken a lot, like, or not a lot, but I, enough that I have dead corpses in my. Well, fridge. big brag guy, I eat rat a lot, so check me. <laughs> Holy shit! Is this where you get all the meat and you just you gotta it? you gotta first you gotta slurp you gotta you gotta get Whoa. in there. I don't like that. Um, yeah, I, this is this is probably the most uh, straightforward one that you've ever done. It's a little cowboy. cowboy on a cowboy on a chicken. No, chicken. That's, that's straightforward <laughs> for you. That's straightforward for you. Cowboy on a chicken. Compared to literally the the labyrinthine <laughs> birthday card did throw me. That wasn't even like, even you were thrown on that one. You're like it's you know what the price Listen, of this I'm a is. Collector. It's just go, I, it's, it's I have card. curiosity of all kinds. I don't just do animals. I do birthday cards. I'm branching out. Birthday I'm trying. Cards. This is a this is a product test. Okay. Welcome to CVS. We have a deal. <laughs> what are you imitating me now? What are you doing? Oh, I, I've only been here twenty times. I feel like <laughs> I get to strike back sometimes. You know, you don't get to be sassy. You're sitting on a gross, drippy chair. It's fair, but whose chair is it? Fuck. All right, tell me how much this one costs. <laughs> this one, yeah, because of the chicken. I think the chicken by itself would be fifty dollars or something in some tacky store. Okay, I think adding a rat on top adds. <laughs> gonna, to me, that is an extra dollar. Actually, it would probably be like forty nine dollars because it take away a dollar. Um, I'm gonna say that this is actually going to be like uh two hundred. 
This one Maybe is one fifty four ninety nine. Okay, I'm going high today because you're going high. But will I have to tell you, market. you're getting a lot closer. You're starting to know the taxidermy market. <laughs> starting to learn, and that's bad. <laughs> it's not good. But <laughs> it's good for me though because the day that you get a correct price right on the head is the day I'm finally free. Until then, you have to keep coming back here. Oh shit. Well, can you just like knock me out? I gotta go back to the reality TV show until a black man to his face that uh, race. I'm gonna be racist. I'm gonna continue. <laughs> You're gonna be racist. That kind of makes yeah. me not want to walk on television. No, I'm an actor. It's fine. Uh, that's not <laughs> fine. I don't think that's fine. You could do anything as an actor. Listen, I <laughs> kill animals for a living in taxes every day, but I, those are some lines I wouldn't cross. I murdered a man because I said that it was. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. I was doing Romeo and Juliet. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> All right, you know I'm gonna knock acting? you out. Oh, oh, oh. <gasps> oh, god, fuck! Where am I? Oh, oh, oh! Hey, welcome back. You're gone for a minute am, there. Space out. In, Ken- in Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you ever god. seen a? Hey, will you ever seen a, a rat riding chicken? Oh, I haven't seen that, I just, but you. Kn- I had the strangest you know, dream. You know what I did see? Our That's next it. segment. That's right. I mentioned Kentucky very specifically because I'm about to tell you this is going to be a, a, a little bit of a complex. I'm going to c- probably condense it because we are getting to the end of the show and I don't want to spend too much time. You can make time, it a two-parter do, if you need to. I, can, All right. I just want to talk about um, a little program that I saw that's going to probably wrap into some history. So this is a Will Reviews Wikipedia historian. Will, and Will also, Reviews Wikipedia. <laughs> Well, we're, great we're thing, segment. great for sources. Um, <laughs> and also, conspiracy query. It's all wrapped Because in. this is a program that is called Hellier. And is a five episode, uh, like one hour e- each episode documentary, mm-hmm. uh, named after Hellier, Kentucky. N- now, Hellier, Kentucky is a very particular place. It's a very, uh, maybe a little bit wild, a little bit unknown but there were some people that said that they were seeing goblins in Kentucky. <laughs> These Kentucky goblins. And that is the plot of Hellier, the documentary that I watched recently. Um, Looks this like was... my sister's back on the menu, boys. <laughs> she's a goblin. Turns out she's a goblin. No, so this is a, a documentary I had heard things about, but I hadn't watched until some friends when I was in Acadia. Go back. I talked about my Acadia trip in the last few episodes. Um, we watched the first two episodes of Hellier. Okay. And Hellier is, uh, they preface it to me saying, we thought this was a pitch perfect mockumentary like that this was fake because uh-huh. it's so on the nose of like it's even the concept because goblins it, it is about kentucky <laughs> goblins it is literally about people investigating kentucky goblins and 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 you would th- like think that is very fun and action-packed which it is and i'm <laughs> this is um i'm going to say something that is uh going to make sense and then i'm going to say the exact like I'm going to take a right turn, which is this an entire series is okay. people saying people things that are reasonable, and then their brains just kind of do a little backflip, uh-huh. and they they go to a different direction. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely recommend Hellier. Okay, it is, but here's the thing, it is boring, 
They don't do anything. <laughs> Literally nothing happens. It's full of people that are, I'm going to say, dumb assholes. While also in the same breath saying they they sometimes do clever things. And, and, but it's the end. It's, I would say this is a thing that you watch maybe the first episode of and like get a, I think you could get most get of what I got from it. Yeah, right. Yeah. From the first episode. So I will s- preface this by s- spoilers. They don't do, nothing happens. There's no, there's no Kentucky goblins. I w- are you kidding me? There's no, are you okay. joking? What? I'm there's gonna, no Kentucky goblins? What are you I'm talking going, about? I'm going to make a bold claim say and this? say that there's no, no, no goblins in Kentucky, but these people, so it is. Uh, a group of four people, two of which confuse me because they're both guys with beards and who look similar. Mm-hmm. Um, there's guy with silver hair who who he looks like he did the George Lucas thing of hair. His hair is probably perfectly black and then just like overnight, just like boop, perfectly gray, <laughs> like that, like that perfect kind of gray. And he is, I'm going to say, every single one of these people believes in like conspiracy stuff completely they are paranormal investigators they are all in in to the point where they during the documentary would stop and like ask for directions go hi we're paranormal investigators have you seen goblins around here like they (laughs) they would do that kind of shit oh no and and why so let me just go over so there's that guy and he's kind of the main guy and he has all the pretension like he his fashion is very 2003 to me of like very plain colored like t-shirt with open button up um, with the like long sleeve button up that rolled up sleeves mm-hmm. um, kind of guy. And he talks in a very smug way. And he always has a little bit of a smile. Then yeah. there's his wife who does tarot card readings unironically and like oh, does spiritual. So she's like a whole deal. She's a whole um, vibe. And then two other guys that I think are like internet friends kind of. And they're, <laughs> they're they, they were, they were like, there's one of them that, Every, these people are, I'm going to say the reason I recommend this and like the first episode is really seeing the conspiratorial mindset in action because these people- You want to get into the brain of just a complete nut job. You got to start here. They receive an email from a guy named David. I forget his last name, but he's like, I'm a doctor. I just moved to Kentucky. I'm being harassed by goblins. I mean, these little guys that are that are just <laughs> they look like basically like little gray aliens except they have big using the ears. word harassed means makes it sound like they're, gonna, they're getting out there they're going to get out there and they're going to be like it's inevitable that you see them like it's going to be impossible not to see them i'm being harassed they they were they said that they were under siege that they this was a whole deal <laughs> they also get uh facts from a guy named terry wrist w-r-i-s-t-e Terrorist. 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 It's a pseudonym. Oh, shit. So they are in the, they get these two emails. They go, they they decide, you know what, this is a great time to go to Hellier and investigate this. And they also, there's a lot of, do you know what the word synchronicities mean? Mm -mm. Synchronicities is basically. Like coincidences? Yes, functionally they are coincidences. I actually have a quote from these people because they constantly cite synchronicities, which is to like my definition is when people think things line up. Like, when people, oh, I like, had a th- they see numbers and they're like, oh my gosh, that number is so meaningful to me. Literally in this documentary, a guy does a, a ghost box session and he goes, "I had a thought of a tin can." Well, it was so clear. It was so clear to me. 
And then they find a tin can in a cave that they are looking in for goblins. <laughs> and he goes, this do. is synchronicity. A like, it's just, oh it is my just God. people connecting the dots when, when there is no dots. To yeah, connect. there are no dots. Um, so a uh, quote about synchronicities they have from this program. My thoughts about synchronicities is they are telling you that you're, you're moving in the right direction. They're telling you that something is happening and you have to pay attention to what is happening. The fact that there are all these synchronicities that even led to the fact uh, that we went to Hellier and continue to ramp up in Hellier, which told us that something was happening, and it was just figuring out what part to pay attention to, which is a nothing sentence. That's I read nothing. so many words, and that is <laughs> literally... Nothing. So, uh, and also they say synchronicities might be a way that these goblin-like entities can speak with us. So <laughs> they are... They arrive... <laughs> They they receive emails and one of the emails they get from terrorists because they do this is why I said saying a reasonable thing and then completely going into an opposite direction of a reasonable person. Imagine they, having mystical goblin powers and being like, "Hey, glob glob, can you believe what I did? I gave him a vision of a tin can and then I drank a soda and I left <laughs> I it and I gave, yeah I fucked with him so good. Oh, you freaking got him, goob goob. Oh my god, you <laughs> got him so good. <laughs> they okay part of so. They say, this could be faked. This could absolutely be faked. And I was like, absolutely. Okay. Ooh, ooh. Thanks for, thanks I for thought you were going to go thank with you, it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. And then they get footprints that have like little ridges and stuff of three little sausage finger foots. And they go, that's it. Could be faked. That's Could be faked because we talked to experts, and I was like, "His little is he wrote to you with the pseudonym terrorist." <laughs> you, oh, you, oh, and no. you're going like they only received two emails, and because of a synchronicity, because somebody's podcast had a thing about goblins oh that they came God. up, they're like, "Gotta go, gotta go get these goblins." They arrive in in Kentucky. They're in the middle of Kentucky, and they're from like Cincinnati. And they, I love these people, and I hate these people. Because they are the perfect examination of the conspiratorial mindset for like somebody who is, I think they're not unintelligent, but they do so much stupid fucking shit <laughs> that it makes me so mad because they keep getting to the edge where I'm like, okay, you're going to like breach into reality. Like when they go, because later in the program, they literally go, oh, you can trace the, the IP address of emails so you can see where it's from. Mm -hmm. And this is the David who said he was from Hellier. They got a ping back from Ontario. Okay. So they were like, okay, so this is obviously fake. It's the lady Pulling literally goes, anyway? I could, I could list out people, paranormal people who would want to mess with us. Like she has a list of enemies. This is the people, <laughs> they are, people so who are stupid. So, so in their stupid. own little bubble world. Like they are, but literally because they are condescending, they are rude to be, because they go to a gas station and start asking people about goblins. And there is a little girl that does like a little goblin picture. And is, they're like, whoa, this is actually cool that she didn't do this prompted. But we have no idea. It's, they could do whatever they, they could want. easily edit editing. that. Yeah, right. Um, but also, they're introducing themselves as paranormal investigators in the thing, which to me, I'm always like, people are going to go, oh, so you're a mark. Like, I could absolutely fool you because you're literally asking me about goblins. And so and you'll I don't believe think it's anything be, I say. Oh, your muffler's fucked. It's like, oh, I didn't even know. <laughs> like, you could fuck with these people. So they're at a gas station in the middle of Kentucky because they go and they're like, okay, let's get an Airbnb and do all this shit. And like a dude comes over and very kindly goes, you guys aren't from around here. This is not a safe place. You need to go. 
and they in their fucking asshole ways are like, did you see that man threaten us? Like they, and I'm like, he's the <laughs> nicest man that you've met because he's just like, you should. He's like, hiding maybe something. Can you believe that? At, he told us to leave. He must be hiding something. Gas, literally, that's their reasoning though. Because they get evidence before and then they hit a wall. And then they, they go into these weird loops of like, literally they talk to another conspiratorial guy and he's like, sometimes the journey just destroys people because it's, being on a path that literally has no it, logical end. It leads end. to nothing. It leads to nothing, It right? literally leads to nothing. To the point that they, they, but they, they kind of, they go, okay, we understand that David and terrorist are probably fake because there's no records of these people. So, it, and to me, I'm like, this is a, a writing exercise. Like these, I'm going to put my foot down and say, there are no goblins in Kentucky. Yes. Of um, course. Presumably. But this is, it's just, they, they are so deep into it that they say that, and then they go, this has gone past them, though. We have to investigate what's happening here, because something is happening here. So they're going past any evidence, and they are starting to, like, find the synchronicities, which they, is nothing. They were looking for a story, like, trail for a story which didn't exist. And so they were like, and well, we're on the trail somewhere. The, we're yeah. on the trail for something, so we have to find, we have to find the plot. But they're so deep in that the 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 guy literally quotes Terry Wrist in one of because he's like I was thinking back to a thing that Terry wrote of like of a door has closed and a window has opened like they're that level of, but I'm oh like God. he's fake he's fake I'm yelling at the screen at this point because I I watched the first two episodes I'm gonna say not completely sober and that made it more fun because it was friends <laughs> yelling at him but then I was like this is content now so I have to watch the of rest of this yeah, and so I'm bit. soberly like on my exercise bike staring at the screen watching these people like do they, they do a spirit box session which is uh, for people who don't know is when they it's a box that cycles through radio frequencies and they think that ghosts can take a hold of that and string together sounds to make a word is what people think kind of like bumblebee and from the movie transformers kind of but it's, <laughs> but it's supposed to be more it's like when yeah. they turn it on it's just a bop, 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 um and they put a guy they, they did a clever thing where they actually like closed his ears to only listen to it to see if he heard like anything that could be and then they tried to talk to an entity, which okay. I was like, that's more interesting than what most people do, which is yell into the dark and then hear. Just wait. Did he see Dandelion? Oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> do you believe that? But the the path, I'm not going to like, I mean, I did spoil basically the entire path, but it is so fascinating to watch these people who are not dumb, but they're just so condescending and dumb. They're just <laughs> like, their brains just don't work right. Because they Shake keep getting this head. evidence, and you go, okay, this means that it's fake. But they go, this means that there's something more. Like, they start following threads that they start creating. They they put down breadcrumbs, and then they start finding the breadcrumbs, like the tin can synchronicity thing. So anyway, the fact is, though, they might be onto something. Wait, what? Remember how I said that there's a Wikipedia historian buried in here? Yeah. This is the story of the Hopkinsville Goblins. And you're going to have to figure out what that's about next time. Because we're ah, out of time, baby! You boomed me. I, boomed I, boom, me. I boomed you and I boomed everybody else. Thank you for listening to this episode of Segment City. I hope you enjoyed all our great segments. You know, if you have any documentaries about goblins that you want to send our way, I would <laughs> love to look at this Will evidence. will absolutely watch them. He's already committed to the bit. It's Terry Wrist, if you're out there. If you're By the out way, there. An, 
another reason why people figured out that this was not just a hoax because it is like literally perfect like people looking into cameras and being like so um the synchronous there him got, talking about the tin can it was like a serious that's a climax is the <laughs> it's like, yeah that's a build-up there's and there was the tin can and everyone's like he was very upset about it. Like, <laughs> i love when people are like he was very upset um, very upset and and it's like supposed but that's also the guy that interests because at the end of the day for me he he seems to come to the conclusion at the end of kind of uh, it wasn't the goblins, but it was the friends we made along the way. Like, okay, <laughs> he, all right. He's he's. I like him the most because he seemed he's the closest to the edge of reality. Where he was just like, I was hunting goblins with my friends in caves. Like, it was kind of fun. It was kind like, of fun. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm like, that's that's, that's a great. Good. That's, that's a good great. takeaway. By you the had way, a fun hobby. If somebody, yeah. if somebody wants to invite me on a goblin hunt into like fun caves, <laughs> that's so much fun. But like, the I think the difference is they actually oh, no. believe that they're going to find goblins. Oh, there's boy. there's an aspect that they genuinely believe this shit and they are looking for goblins and they hear skittering and they go like oh, oh wow do you hear a ringing what is that ringing and it's like oh fucking highway is near <laughs> you can hear it and i'm like yeah it's the ring of the horns <laughs> oh my god but anyway the it is the friends we make along the way and we are it at the end of is. this so once again, if segmentcitypodcast at gmail.com is our email, hit up our Twitter, Segment City, our YouTube is Segment City. And if you would like to give a rating or review to us, then uh, put it on iTunes, put it on Stitcher, your podcast network of choice. And we want to give a big thank you to someone in particular. One of the friends we made along the way this time, Rachel Robinson. She does our intro music. You can find her music on Spotify and any other service that you find your listening tunes yeah on, whatever you, know. you just find whatever you just kind of Ooh, what is this pandora let me just blow the dust off of pandora <sighs> what are you my mom listen oh. to him no, they're not even you know, <laughs> <laughs> not nobody listen no one does that hey, remember hey remember when I that was the big deal free music pandora? wow radio wow. wow now spotify like does that and also you can choose the music <laughs> whoa crazy whoa uh but anyway we're going to end like we usually end which his list of unusual deaths. This is Sogurd, the mighty of Orkley. <laughs> Whoa, Orkney. it's a metal as hell. And this is in 892. Doesn't have a specific date, which is interesting. Normally hmm. these, like, the, everybody else has had a specific Calendar date, date that they huh. So maybe Sogurd is going to meet a very interesting death. Uh, Sogurd, the mighty, the second Earl of Orkney. Uh, which is, of course, Norse. Like, it's a, a Norse <laughs> place. Yeah. Strapped the head of his defeated foe, Male Brigitier. Brig, Brigitier? It, that's a weird name. Male, B-R-I-G-T-E. Brigitier. Huh, okay. Uh, to his horse's saddle. Brigitier's teeth rubbed against Sogard's leg as he rode, causing oh, no. a fatal infection. Jesus Christ. According to the old Norse, Heimskrimgla and Okninga sagas. I actually have heard of that. Terrible way to go. That is that is usually, it's on a list of ironic deaths, usually. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen yeah. videos where it's like, people have died ironically. Like, this ah, is now I bite you from the grave. From the grave. Killed him back from the grave. But that's, I, I didn't know it was him. We so hope much you for come being back, the mighty. I hope you come back from the grave next time to listen to our next episode. <laughs> you're saying they're you know? dead? Uh, Whoa. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, this is gonna be, 
you know what? I think they might be goblins next time. Fuck, Ooh, dude, I gotta squirrel. leave now. <laughs> I gotta get out while I can. <laughs>